Warren. This is Doug Ray, and uh, let me give you a, a shout out and a happy Fourth of July uh, a weekend. And uh, as always, let me just start the show out with a big salute to uh, our service members who are out there uh, uh, serving in, in harm's way every day and sacrificing for for us. Thank you, folks. We really appreciate you. You know, this weekend marks the Fourth of July holiday. It's otherwise known as Independence Day. It's celebrated with fireworks, barbecues, parades, picnics, family reunions, you name it. It's a very happy holiday across America. And I sure hope you enjoy it with your family and friends. You know, at some point in your life, and hopefully sooner rather than later, you're going to celebrate two Independence Days in the same year. One's going to be the 4th of July, just as you do every year. And then the second one, that second celebration, is the day you become financially independent. And for most people, that'll be the day you retire. Imagine the freedom and the power that can only come from achieving financial independence. That's a very, very powerful place to be. It's not only going to change the way you think, it's also going to change the way you live your life. One thing's for sure, though. Achieving financial independence is never an accident. This doesn't just magically happen one day because you've saved X amount of dollars. Achieving financial independence only comes from having a thoughtful and comprehensive plan. And the sooner you create the plan, the sooner that independence is going to come to you. So on today's show, we're going to talk about seven steps that you can use to achieve financial independence. And that could help you retire potentially sooner than you thought possible. You know, talking about <clears throat> financial independence kind of reminds me of a of an old saying. And I want to bring my my uh, able-bodied producer in on this and, and ask him a question. JB, I remember a saying. Let's see if you remember this. Okay. When I was a kid, um, I used to hear when my ship comes in. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I think we've all heard that before. Yeah, I don't hear it too much anymore. <laughs> I remember I remember when I was a kid, I'd ask my dad, like, for example, I wanted a new bike. He'd say, yeah, okay, when, when our ship comes in. Right. You know? And for a couple of years, I really thought there was some ship out there bringing us buried treasure. <laughs> well, I grew up in the mountains, so I could never, I never knew where the ship was. So I, I was kind of in the same boat, no pun intended. There. Yeah, right. That's a good liner there. <laughs> But financial independence, yeah, it's that's a that's a wonderful thing to um, to think about. So, you know, let's let's get going here. We're going to cover a couple of these points here in in, in the first segment, and uh, you know, talking about financial independence to some people seems like something they could just never probably achieve. Well, point number one, I want to bring up, and this may seem rather obvious, but believe it or not, it's I see it too too often. But number one should be of avoiding consumer debt. You know, stay away from from those credit cards. Cut them up if you have to. I know one family actually took their credit cards, cut them all up, and they saved one just for emergencies. But what they did with it is they wrapped it up in a uh, uh, a sandwich bag and put it in the freezer. That's a good way to do it. But uh, you know, it's amazing how quickly consumer debt can can take over. Remember back, JB, you remember back during the recession where, where credit kind of dried up? Mm-hmm. You know, they even froze your credit cards, and, and some of them, they even just took them, took your credit card away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, now it's just the opposite. I, every day in the mail, I get some offer for a credit card. 
Oh, I've gotten at least uh, probably four this week already. Yeah, and some of them even come with those pre-printed checks. You can just write your number mm-hmm. out. Folks, that's dangerous. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that is really, really dangerous. But, yeah, it seems obvious, but that is definitely step number one. Step number two kind of goes hand-in-hand with step number one. Ignore the Joneses. You know, that's another old saying, isn't it, JB? Yes, sir. Keeping up with the Joneses? Yep. Yeah. Well, a lot of us, um, you know, when they see that shiny new car sitting in the driveway beside us, we kind of get the itch to go out and get a, a shiny new car. I have to say something about that. I waste a lot of money in my youth buying new cars. How about you? You know, it's new until you drive it off the lot. That's exactly right. And then it's not new anymore. Yeah, you lose about, what, a third of the value? Oh, it's, it's incredible. So one thing, and I'll have to, I have to tip my hat to Dave Ramsey for this. And uh, several, several years ago, my wife and I went through his Financial Peace University at our church. And uh, one thing that he, he really preaches is don't buy new cars. Buy a late model used car. Let somebody else hold that depreciation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> you can get a really nice late model car that's almost brand new. So that's a good good step. Ignore the Joneses. If they put a pool in, maybe you just uh, might want to go to the lake or something like that. You know? <laughs> um, anyway, that's step number two. Step number three. Spend much less than you earn. Yeah, spending much less than you earn. Before I get into that, though, I, I just kind of want to go back and, and reiterate there's nothing more powerful than achieving financial independence. Nothing's going to bring you more power, confidence, and freedom in your life. It won't just change the way you think about money. It's going to change the way you think about everything. There's only one thing that's standing between you and financial independence, and that's a plan. It's not about saving X number of dollars. It's not about the next hot stock or some one-size-fits-all product. It's a comprehensive plan that tackles risk, income, taxes, Social Security, health care, inflation, and so much more. Look, if you're serious about achieving financial independence, get started with our customized five-step retirement master plan. Your initial analysis with me is not going to cost you a penny. You've got nothing to lose. There's no obligation. I'd love to do this for everybody here in the triad, but obviously I can't do that. But we put so much time and effort into each plan, it would be almost impossible for me to offer it to everybody listening today. But if you have at least $100,000 you've set aside for retirement, be one of the first 10 callers today to come in and get your five-point retirement master plan. Call us at 336-391-3409. Leave your contact information, and we'll call you next week when we come back from the 4th of July break. That number is 336-391-3409. This could be the best investment you've ever made. All right, let's get back to these seven steps to financial independence. We said spend much less than you earn. That was number three. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Wealth Guardian Show here on 94.5 WPTI. And what we've covered so far in these seven steps to financial independence is avoiding consumer debt, ignoring the Joneses, and now we're going to talk about spending much less than you earn. 
that would seem obvious, but unfortunately, uh, I see a lot of people out there who really don't have a handle on how much they spend. And that's, you know, we talked a moment ago about the, um, the, the master, the five-point master retirement plan. The spending part of the equation is a huge, huge variable in that plan. I meet folks all the time who literally have no clue how much they spend. Oh, they guess at it. You know, they say $3,000 a month, $4,000 a month, whatever the case may be. But then they forget about, oh, well, there is little Johnny's birthday. Then there's Christmas, and we got this trip coming up. Um, and then we go out to eat two or three times a week. Some people even go out to eat every night. Here's what I tell people who really don't have a handle on this equation. And you know what? might be a good exercise for everybody. And since it's the first of the month, a good time to do this. Take with you a little notepad and every single day for a month, write down every single penny you spend. And I'll tell you, I'll bet you you're going to be amazed and surprised at how much you spend and on what. And then you should go back through that little notebook and look at all those items and figure out what you could do out do away with. Maybe uh, one trip to Starbucks a week is is enough. Not every day. And think about this. What if you cut out four or five trips to Starbucks and instead put that money in a Roth IRA account? That's going to add up to real money pretty soon. So, again, spend much more, or excuse me, spend much less than you earn. And hopefully one day you'll become financially independent. All right, so to recap what we've talked about so far in the seven steps, avoid consumer debt, ignore the Joneses, and spend much less than you earn. You also could uh, go to our website, www.thewealthguardians.com. I've got a lot of information on that uh, website that you can can download, uh, read about Social Security, Uh, different tips on retirement planning. We've got some videos on there, sequence of return risk, that kind of thing. You know, another step that I'm really not even going to talk about today, but this is quite obvious, is uh, don't lose your money. That sequence of return risk is uh, going to be there, and it's probably one of the biggest risks that you face in retirement. So um, take advantage of that website. The, The folks that created it for me have done a fantastic job, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of information, and we're putting more more information on there every week. So it's www.thewealthguardians.com. And take me up on that offer to come in and get your five-point master retirement plan done free of charge. Free of charge, no obligation. And that number to do that is 336-391-3409. All right, so we'll be right back with the other four steps in the seven steps to achieve financial independence in just a few moments. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians here on 94.5 WPTI.
Welcome back. I'm Doug Ray. This is the Wealth Guardian Show, and I sure hope you're enjoying your extended 4th of July holiday weekend. I know I am. So how would you feel if you knew you didn't have to work another day in your life if you didn't want to? How would you feel to know your savings and investments were hard at work, breaking the sweat to generate income to pay for your retirement? That's what it's like to achieve financial independence. And when that day comes, your life will never be the same. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue to reveal those seven steps that could help you achieve financial independence and help you retire sooner rather than later. So in the first segment, we talked about avoiding consumer debt, ignoring the Joneses, spend much less than you earn. So this segment, let's take it on. We've got the next step is pay yourself first. I think everybody's heard that. JB, you've heard that one, right? I've heard that. Yeah, pay yourself first. I what like is that. It, what does it mean? It means uh, take care of me first. Yeah. It means, it means before you even pay your bill, put some money in savings. Put it in, make sure you're – if you're not funding your 401K up to the, the company match, shame on you. At least do that. And then, once you've done that, consider funding a Roth IRA. I hope everybody's got a Roth IRA because the Roth IRA honestly was the best thing Congress ever did for you, and you need to take advantage of it. But get in the habit. Pay yourself first. Do it every single pay period. If it's biweekly or monthly, whatever the case may be, get in the habit of, of getting some kind of an investment going on. I remember when I was in the military, I'd automatically have <clears> – <throat> Some portion of my pay uh, pulled right out of out of my uh, my earnings and go into to an investment. Of course, we didn't have four hundred one ks in the Navy back in those days, but uh, nonetheless, I contributed to to an IRA. But always a good idea is to get some kind of a savings plan going on. Now, sort of hand in hand with that is the next step is buy income generating assets. What does that mean to you? JB, what's that mean to you? I don't know. Okay. But that's why you're here. <laughs> a lot of people don't know. What is an income-generating asset? I'll be honest. I, I, I do not know exactly what that means. Okay. It could be any asset that generates a return. Okay. A lot of people think of rental houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an income-generating asset. Right. Um, a lemonade stand. That's an income-generating <laughs> asset. Some people think of high-dividend-paying stocks. Right. That's, a, that's an income-generating um, asset. So, you know, <clears throat> I think any one of those combinations, maybe not the lemonade stand, but any one of those <laughs> in combination could be right for somebody. Um, not everybody's created the same. So while, you know, a rental property may not be your cup of tea, uh, dividend-paying Stocks could be. Uh, here's another idea that people don't really think of when they think of income-generating assets. How about an annuity? Have you ever thought of that? What is an annuity, by the way? JB, what's an annuity to you? It's kind of a savings vehicle mm-hmm. that can uh, basically pay you a little bit down the road. Some, is that close? It's close. You know, the original annuity which was invented probably over a 1,000 years ago, <laughs> is nothing more than a pension. Right. It's just a, you're, you're trading a lump sum of money for an income for the rest of your life. 
that is an income generating asset. <clears throat> now, I will I will say this. Since most companies have done away with the pension plan, uh, it's called the defined benefit plan uh, in technical terms, then it makes a lot of sense to create some sort of pension for yourself. And here's what I mean by that. If you look at a well-designed retirement plan, you look at the spending part of it first. Remember in segment one we talked about the spending side? Your expenses can be divided into two categories, two basic categories. On one side of the ledger is fixed costs. That's the stuff you got to pay every month. You know, it could be your utility bill, your cell phone bill, your satellite TV bill, cable bill, whatever the case may be, your groceries, that kind of thing. Get a handle on that because that is your standard of living. Now, to me, it makes a lot of sense to cover your fixed cost with some sort of a pension, okay? That could be a great place to uh, put in some kind of a, a planned annuity because it's fixed and it's guaranteed and it'll be there for you for the rest of your life. On the other side of the ledger, JB, what do you think the other side of the ledger is going to be? I'm not sure, but I'm hanging on to every word because <laughs> this is what I listen to your show for. Okay. Not to get off track, but... You take these terms and you simplify them so someone like me can understand what's a lot of times what these terms are. And I think that you do that better than anybody else. Well, thank you, sir. So the other side of the ledger, if you've got fixed costs on one side, the other side's a variable cost. Right. Okay, that would be what? Your vacations? Things that pop up. Things that pop up. Things that you may not need to have but want to have. Sure. Okay. Toys. Toys, absolutely. Got to have some toys. Got to have that skateboard, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> but how do you fund that? It's a variable cost. It pops up once in a while. Everybody takes a vacation. I mean, that's a goal of a lot of retirees is to travel more. Sure. So why not use that side of the ledger? You could fund that if you wanted to have some risk assets in your portfolio, some stocks, even the rental property if you were so inclined. I count that as a risk asset myself, but uh, maybe some people don't. But that's a great way to fund that side of the ledger. So if you're looking at a portfolio now for retirement, you can easily see that most retirees' fixed costs should be funded with the safe investments, which represents the majority of your portfolio, and then the variable costs should be funded with the more risk-adjusted type of, of investments. All right, if you just joined us, you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show here on 94.5 WPTI. Today we've been talking about seven steps that can help you reach financial independence. And um, we've been through four of them. We've got three more to go before the show's over. But let me ask you something. Are you wondering what's next for Europe and how that's going to impact your portfolio? How and when will you claim your Social Security benefits? How much... Can you afford to withdraw from your savings and your retirement programs? Or how do you prevent illness and becoming a financial catastrophe in retirement? You know, if you're thinking about those things, you're not alone. Because even if you've saved and invested for retirement, these are critical components of a retirement game plan. So I want you to get the answers to these questions with our customized five-point retirement master plan. 
This plan is going to show you how to make the very most out of every nickel you've saved for retirement. Unfortunately, I can't do this for every listener today. I wish I could, but I will do it for the first 10 who call in off this show today. It's not going to cost you a dime. There is no obligation. Your analysis is going to be totally free of charge. There's absolutely nothing to lose. It'll be the best investment you've ever made in yourself. And the only investment you'll make here is your time. So call us today at 336-391-3409. Leave your contact information, and we will call you next week and set up a schedule for you to come in at your own convenience to set up uh, that free five-point master retirement plan for yourself. It's 336-391-3409. All right, let's get back to our seven steps to financial independence. Let's recap what we've covered so far. We want to avoid consumer debt. We want to ignore the Joneses. You want to spend much less than you earn. Then pay yourself first, and then buy income-generating assets. Let's go into the next step. Keep investing. Yeah, keep investing. Even though you're retired, keep investing. But keep investing is important. It goes right hand in hand with pay yourself first. Pay yourself first, invest it, and keep on investing, and try to increase it every year. For example, make sure you, or try to make a goal of of increasing your investing by, say, 10% every year, or whatever the case may be, or even this. A lot of people do this. If they get a bonus, they don't spend it, they invest it. Or an inheritance, maybe. Don't spend it, invest it. You know, I heard the other day that... uh, most inheritances are, are totally spent uh, inside of nine months in this country. That's a sad thought, and I guess that's why um, the other statistic is, is a sad thing, too, where it says that about uh, 50% of people over 65 in this country have less than $10,000 set aside for retirement. That's an amazing statistic. So keep investing. Watch that money grow because one day you're going to have to turn it into retirement income dollars, and that's the goal of financial independence is to create that never-ending, guaranteed, stable income for retirement. And that brings us to our seventh and our last step to financial independence. Be flexible. What does that mean? Well, it could mean something as simple as maybe one month you have some kind of unexpected emergency and, you know, you just can't quite save as much. Okay, that happens. So then make up for it, maybe not the next month, but a couple months down the road. Save a little bit more so that you make up. Be flexible. Be flexible in terms of um, maybe when your retirement goal is. Things happen in life and You know, maybe your goal was to retire at 62, but because of some certain events, maybe 2008 hits you hard upside the head. Maybe that means you can't retire till you're 64. So you have to be flexible. It also may mean that you might have to pick up a part-time job after you retire from your real job. Now, a lot of people do that. They go back to consulting. A lot of people, if they like to play golf, they go out and they become rangers or marshals that way they can get a lot of free golf in but be just remember to be flexible things will happen in your life but stick to your plan if you have a plan 
then it's easier to stick to it and be flexible. That's why we offer that five-point master plan to the first 10 callers today. That number is 336-391-3409. Take me up on that offer. I'd love to see you. Come in, sit down, have a cup of coffee with you, and and help you uh, put together that written five-point master retirement plan. Well, this has been the Wealth Guardian Show here on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. We'll see you next week.